0: Nothing ever really panned out, and here we are.
1: Uh, I, Status quo. I'm okay with it, I guess. I would have loved to have Herb Jones in the fold. Mentioned that yesterday a little bit. Yeah. I followed him from his time at Alabama and and, and, and just knowing how good he is uh, defensively. Bo, what did you tell me his nickname was yesterday?
2: Uh, uh, that's
1: a good question. I think it was. Um, was it, Straightjacket? Yeah, it was Straightjacket. Straight Jacket? Yeah, it was Straight Jacket. Great Straight Jacket. Yeah, so go. I. Look, I, I, I think that they would have loved to you know package something. Uh, I think New Orleans would have loved something with maybe a Capella and a Dejounte kind of thing going on with some picks thrown around here and there. But, Hawks weren't willing to do that, and and I don't think you I don't think you uh, I don't think you, you you do something just to do something if you're you know if too much is being asked of you. And right. I, I think everybody knew that the Atlanta was was open for business, and I think that that can be a weakness, right? I think when you if you're another NBA team and Atlanta has kind of said, hey, we're open for business. Then you know he tried to take advantage of that, and I think that that ended up being a weakness. And I think that Atlanta was not going to be back into a corner, and the guys who were in charge of that and didn't feel the need to make any moves. So, well,
2: what do you think of the uh, the rumors that some people have put out there, including um, this uh, Jake Fisher that works at Yahoo, saying that some front office people who talked to the Hawks before the deadline they came away with the uh, the belief that Trey Young could be available this summer, depending on the outcome of the rest of the season. Well,
1: they're going to have to do something, right? If they don't want to go in the luxury tax when all these, when the extensions kick in over the summer, then something's got, I think there's, I want to say there's 10 or 11 of them are under contract for next year. So something's got to shake loose. I think Sadiq Bay might be the only one not, not locked in. I I think if you're, if you're the ownership group and nothing is, is changing and that's your, obviously your
2: most important player and you need more pieces, then I'm fine with it. I think that this, it's, let's just call it what it is, this ownership group is going to, it's going to be a tough road to hoe if they in no way, shape, or form improve this roster, as they haven't for over a year now, and then this offseason say, hey, we know we didn't do anything to improve this roster, but, uh, yeah, now we're going to trade the best player, and and, and that's what we're going to do. And whether you, I don't care if you like trade or not, the fact of the matter is, the the roster has not improved, and it's been due to the fact that they have done nothing to do that. And then you just say, "Hey, we're gonna now." Obviously, you'd probably keep Dejounte at that point, but but I mean, you're basically gonna blow it up. So, yeah, I mean, how does
1: Dejounte fit with Kobe Buffkin? I think that would be the next question that kind of comes, you know, down and Jalen. Well, I, I don't think Jalen's going anywhere. I mean, how he and, fits and, with him? And that was the uh, you know that was the the story all along is that Trey and Jalen. And probably Buffkin, and you know maybe Bogey were kind of the pieces that weren't going anywhere, just for for different reasons. But I I don't think I don't think Jalen's going anywhere for a long time. I think he's too valuable. I think he does too many things. We heard Quinn Snyder on our show say that you know what a month ago, just that Jalen's the the, really distal, the straw that serves the drink as far as you know flexibility and ability. But it, 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 Steak says this all the time on Steakhouse, man. They're they're in, they're in NBA purgatory. You're in the middle ground. You're, you're an 8-10 to 10 seed, which puts you at, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, best in, the, best in the NBA. And if you're that for five, six years, seven years, and nothing shakes out, then you do have to make a move, right? You do have to make changes. And, and you do have to hope something shakes out because you can't quit trotting out a team with the same issues and trying to make changes all around the central figure. The
0: thing is, remember how sexy the Hawks were a couple of years ago? The Eastern Conference Finals, this town's on fire. You got all the celebrities showing up to games, and there was a buzz down there. Now it's just all gone. And it just looks like, when's it ever going to come back? I feel like we have our coach. I think our problem's in the front office. And I know, I know Quinn Snyder has some influence on that as well, but I just, there's just something amiss. And it doesn't seem like it's getting any better. There's a lack of a sense of urgency, if not a downright complacency. I'm, I'm doubting the competitive juice of this uh, front office. And guess what? You're making a lot of people not care about you to your point,
1: And we'll end on this for the segment. If you would have told me when they took on what, what was he? Sixth overall four years ago. If you'd have told me four years later that he and Clint Capella would both be on the roster four years after taking him in that spot. Right. Then I would have told you something was wrong. And that's, but that's kind of where we're at. And, um, I don't know what the end goal is. Well, I guess we'll find out uh, later this season.